She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast. Season 2. Episode 7. 3. So in this episode, vampires, maybe? Uh, Mulder investigates a vampiric murder where the victim is drained of blood and all the mirrors in the home are broken. It's similar to other cases he's read about in various cities, and if it follows the pattern, there will be two more victims before the killers disappear into the night. Mulder must find them before more people die. So, it might be vampires? It might be vampires! I mean, I'm kind of in that, like, fool me once, shame on you, fool me (laughs) twice, shame on me feeling at the moment. Oh, totally. But, uh, yeah. Well, to be fair, Blood didn't claim to be about vampires. We both just saw the title and we're like. come on. (laughs) What else could it be? Name an episode Blood. What is it going to be? I know. Yeah. Yeah. This episode was written by Chris Rupenthal, Glenn Morgan, and James Wong. It was directed by David Nutter. It was filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia. Its original air date was Friday, November 4th, 1994. And on the previous week, on Friday, October 28th, they aired a rerun of Shapes. Maybe because it was Halloween weekend and so werewolves or something. Yeah. And it was the first time that episode had been run as a repeat. And it actually got better ratings than it did on its original airing. Yeah, it got about, um, from guesstimating, because all you get is shares and rating reports which are based on how many tvs are in existence and how many tvs are on i don't actually have viewer numbers for reruns so doing like some math and basing it around other episodes that are around it and about five hundred thousand, i think is what they went up so about half a million more watched it on the rerun than watched it originally nice and then this episode three had a viewership of 15 million in the united states which is down half a million from ascension two weeks ago so we gain half a million, and we lose half a million. So. <laughs> That's how it goes. But I thought it was interesting that Shapes got better ratings on the rerun than it did on the original Aaron. I guess just because more people are aware of X-Files now. So. Yeah, I would guess that it's because more people are watching X-Files, so more people are going to tune in. Yep. So we are in the Hollywood Hills, and they are on fire. And in case <laughs> you didn't know, the Hollywood Hills are in Los Angeles, California, and it is 12.41 a.m., so a little after midnight. And so there's a man, he's inside a house, and he's drinking some red wine from a fancy glass, and he's looking out over the hills that are on fire, and he goes to take a sip of wine, he spills some on his shirt, and he's like, oh, he spills like a nice red drop on his shirt. And then he goes inside and says, like, there's ash in the wine from the fire at Malibu Canyon. So we see a woman, and we only see her in silhouette, and she's standing in the doorway all you know, sexy looking. She looks naked also... in the silhouette. I don't know if she yeah, is. Well, she I mean, naked. naked is naked is sexy looking, right? So yeah. I was not wrong. She's <laughs> she's also holding a wine glass. And the man says, like, I don't normally do this. And like, I don't normally send my family away on vacation so I can have the place to myself. But when I met you at the corporate party and then we get some narrative voiceover from the woman while she's like getting like the hot tub ready. She's like, it'll be worth it. I'll do things with you that no one's ever done. And like they're in the hot tub and they're smooching and there's candles all around and like they're clasping hands and she's licking his fingers and like they're kissing on the neck and stuff. And then from the side, we see that someone is in the house and we see their eyes. Uh Oh, and then they're getting a little intense and she bites down on him 
And he's like, ah, oh, and he throws her off, like pushes her to the other side of the hot tub. And we see her mouth is full of blood. And then she like flies onto him, like, just like lands on him. And then like two men run from like two sides of the hot tub. And like just all three of them start wailing my dude. And then someone pulls up a syringe. And then we get the X-Files theme song, which does switch back to the truth is out there at the end. So, yeah. So then we're back in the X-Files office and it's covered in plastic, like there's plastic on the file cabinets, on the desks, like kind of on the walls. Like it's just <laughs> Yeah, it's basically like the Arecibo like telescope. They just yeah. like cover it in plastic. Yeah, I love I love the idea that the FBI was just like, this department is closed. So instead of like repurposing the space or cleaning it out, we're just gonna drape plastic over everything and leave it exactly as it was, including Yeah, because like the file cabinet is in plastic, his desk is in plastic, like his poster i think is wrapped in plastic yeah it's it's just plastic everywhere so Mulder goes to his desk and he takes the plastic off and then he goes over to the wall and he flips his he has a girly calendar Mm -hmm. and so he flips it from may to november so obviously is hammers and november is saws okay yeah it's it's tool girls or whatever yeah they're like with giant like like they're leaning against like giant hammers and giant saws it's kind of weird but And then he goes over to the file cabinet and pulls the plastic off that. And he pulls out an X file from a manila envelope and it's bureau file seven, three, three, one, seven. And the name is Scully Dana and he files it away. And then the envelope also contains her FBI badge and glasses, which he puts into a plastic bag and also puts into the file. And then he kind of holds up her necklace, which is that golden cross. And he's looking at it when his phone rings. Yep. So we are in Los Angeles, California, and we see a plane flying over and it's dropping like, like the fire suppressant foam or something. I think yeah, it's like stuff over. Yeah. yeah, or it could be chemicals to control the population. We don't know. <laughs> anyway, at a large home in the hills, the police are examining the scene and gather evidence, and we can kind of guess where they're at. Right, they're at the house of the dude who got killed. And Mulder arrives, and one of the cops comes up and he's like, "Hey, hey, like you need to." As the cop has come out, he's like. Make sure the press doesn't find out about what's written on the wall. So, and then he sees Mulder and thinks Mulder is just like some dude or maybe even press. And he's like, hey, you need to not be here. And Mulder's like, FBI. And the guy's like, oh, like we didn't call the FBI. And he's like, you should have. And then Mulder said he's not interested in like agency rivalries. In the past year, these killers have murdered six people in two states, always at night. All the mirrors in the house are broken. And by the end of the week, there's going to be two more people dead. And then they're going to vanish. And so he needs to solve this case. Yeah. And so the police officer's like, how do you know all this? And it's like, I've studied the file of the previous murders and I've been waiting for months for them to reappear. And like the wire reported the victim was drained of blood and has bite marks on the neck. The officer, who is Commander Carver, says it's what the media didn't report that makes this case stand out. And Mulder's like, yeah, I know. There's writing on the wall in the victim's blood. So he's basically been reciting like the evidence of the scene without seeing the evidence of the scene so that they know that he's not just talking out of his butt. Yeah. So then we cut inside and we see John 5254 in blood on a wall. And if you know anything about the Bible, you will know that there is no John 5254. But anyway, television. And Mulder speaks the scripture. He who eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood shall have eternal life. And so Carver takes Mulder over to the hot tub. And Mulder asks if the man was a father. And Carver says yes, that he had three sons, that the family was out of town. And so Mulder is basically reciting their cases. So they tend to always kill like a father and then they kill a son 
and then they kill like a holy person. So in Memphis, Tennessee, they murdered James Ellis, 58, father of Ellis and Sons Clothiers, and then a Korean woman, Linda Sun, so she's the son, mm -hmm. and then a Jesuit theology expert. So there's the Holy Spirit. And in Portland, three months ago, the first victim was a priest, father. The second was the only son in a family of six kids, and the last victim was the owner of a New Age bookshop. So again, the Holy Spirit. So he thinks the killer's perspective sees themselves some kind of holy trinity. And Mulder's got gloves. Mulder's very good with gloves and sepo gloves all the time. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. um, he still he still maybe doesn't do so well because he's pulling up the filters around the hot tub and the pool. And he just starts like fishing his hand around in there. And he finds a needle. And I I'm know. like, okay, he, kn he knows he's looking for a needle. And so like just fishing your hand around there is not the best way to find needles. Mulder. No. Like, you might want to look and not just move your hand around so you can get stuck <laughs> with a needle. But he says they use the needles to drain the victims and they keep the blood. And Carver apologizes for being hard ass. And he says he's happy to work with Mulder. And Mulder's like, I'll work alone. And Carver's like, whoa, why? FBI agents don't have partners. What's going on? And he's like, hey, our department's like really in crisis with all these fires and we can't spare people. And Mulder's like, I only need one thing. Yeah, he doesn't tell us what that thing is. So I guess it's a place to work. I don't. I think it might be a phone book. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Because, yeah. like, the next scene, we see Mulder, and he's sitting at a desk, and he's got a phone book, and he's calling blood banks, and then as he calls them, he's, like, crossing them off the list in the phone book. Mm -hmm. So he calls another blood bank, and he identifies himself as Marty Mulder from their payroll service and asks about the W-4 form of, like, a recent employee. And the woman just, like, immediately starts giving away information. She's like, oh, you mean Frank? And Mulder's like, when was he hired? And the woman's like, oh, a couple weeks ago. He's a night watchman. And there's just, like, an interesting point here. It's a little bit of a spoiler, so it's kind of weird to talk about. But, like, the, the guy that Mulder's going to find at the blood bank, we'll learn later, his name is John. But the actor who plays John... His name is Frank Military, which is an interesting name on its own. So I'm just not sure when she says Frank, was that some kind of like slip in the script where they had her say Frank and then, or is he using an assumed name? I think, well, I don't, I don't think. I was like, oh, I wonder, because it is weird, right? Coincidence. But in one of the books, the book that has a really long name that I can't remember right now because it's not in front of me, but the one that has like all the, like the X-Files in it kind of thing. like The Paul like, Terry book? The files. Yeah, the Paul Terry book. In that, we get some of Mulder's report, and Mulder says that he was going by the name of Frank, and then the last name is redacted. Oh, okay. So he was using that name, but he goes by... And we actually don't know what his real name is. No. He refers to himself as John, and then someone else we're going to meet also refers to him as John. But that could also be Paul Terry being like, going to fix this mistake. So. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe that's something that they came up with later to retcon. I mean, it would make sense that he was going by Frank. Yeah. We never get a name for him in the next few scenes, so it's weird that like we get a name, and then we learn it's a totally different name later, and it's like, wait. Yeah. But then the actor's name is Frank, so it's just like, wait, what was going on? Yeah. So Mulder arrives at the Hollywood Blood Bank, which has its office in the basement of an office building, and he carries a flashlight and heads downstairs. And then a person, I think it's a night guard, is that right? I'm not sure who this person is because we're going to talk about the person is carrying like a box of light bulbs. Yeah. And then Mulder scares him. And so he drops the light bulbs. And he's like, ah, oh, man, I didn't know you were there. And then he's like, crazy, freaky night watchmen always break out the light bulbs. So he's not the night watchman. But then also like you guys hired a night watchman and they break the light bulbs. Like maybe fire the person because they're breaking the light bulbs. 
Yeah, I, I mean that's it was weird. Really bad security for a night watcher. Yeah, so I don't know if that guy's like just like the maintenance guy. Yeah, maybe he's a build because he did have like a brown jumpsuit on. At first, I thought he was supposed to be a delivery yeah, guy, maybe and he's then like I realized, the super or yeah. something. Yeah. So anyway, he comes up behind Mulder, and like you said, he he gets scared and drops his box, and Mulder kind of panics, and I think his gun goes off, and so then that's when the guy like drops. No, it's the light bulbs busting. Oh, okay, the light bulbs are pop is. when it hits. Yeah. That would be messed up if Mulder's gun went off. <laughs> well, I don't know. It was hard to discharging your weapon. He's kind of <laughs> freaked out, and he's he's kind of on edge in the scene, so it's kind of hard to tell. And it happened. Okay. It's just a dark scene. It was like hard for me to see what was going on. So they walk down the stairs to where the office is, and the super guy says he's going to go upstairs and wait up there. And so Mulder kind of starts looking around the office and. There's a back room and he hears something in the back room. So he sees like on the desk, there's this mirror and it's attached to like a, a bit of a pole. Like maybe you would use for, I don't even know what you would use it for. It seems like it'd be like a medical mirror, maybe possibly. Like almost dental, but it's bigger than a dental mirror. Yeah. And he picks it up and he uses it to look around the corner and he doesn't see anybody. He just sees an empty storage room. So then he puts down the mirror and he like goes inside and he catches a man like sucking on a blood bag. And Mulder tells him to freeze, and then he manages to cuff the guy. Yeah. So they're in the interrogation room, and the man is, like, cowering on the floor, and he's screaming for them to turn off the light. So there's two police officers in the room, and then he's like, turn the lights off, you're killing me, you're killing me. And they're trying to get him to talk, and he's just like, turn the lights off, turn the lights off. And so Mulder walks in, and he brings in, like, a red light on a stand, and he plugs it in, and he turns it on, and then he turns off the overhead lights and says, is that better? And then the man finally like realizes and he says, I'll only talk to him. And he points to Mulder. And so the two of the cops get out and they're like, lucky you. And then the man who is in cuffs says, you know what we are. And Mulder asks, like, what are you? And the man says, he is the father. I am the son. And she is the unholy spirit. And Mulder's like, and the three of you murdered Garrett Lower." who we're assuming is the guy who got killed in the hot tub. Mm -hmm. And Mulder tells him his fingerprints were found at the crime scene. And the suspect says, no, when a snake eats a fly, it's not murder. It just is. And Mulder's like, frogs eat flies. And then he's like, are you dead? <laughs> and the guy says, I never will be. And so Mulder asks if he believes that. And the man counters like, don't you want to live forever? And so Mulder again is like doing like his little snarky stuff of like, not if drawstring pants come back in the style. <laughs> It's great. That's such a great line. And the suspect says he knows there's no afterlife because when they drink people's blood, he can see in their face that they realize that it's death and they've got nothing else coming to them. No heaven, no soul. You just rot. But he's never going to do that. And the Mulder's like, well, it's a pretty stiff price, though, like drinking blood, living in the darkness, not being able to see yourself in the mirror. Or is that a myth? And he pulls out a little pocket mirror out of his pocket and like it's looking and you can see the guy in the reflection. The man says, I can't be seen in the mirror. And he actually says that as he's being seen in the mirror. I know, yeah. Yeah. And then he tells Mulder that anything worth having has a price. And when he's standing next to Mulder's deathbed, looking as young as he looks now, then Mulder can tell him the price isn't too steep. And Mulder's like, I think you've got it wrong. I'm going to be standing next to you when they turn the gas on when you get the death penalty. And then the man says, no one can kill us. Only we have the power. And Mulder's like, if you're what you claim to be, I know what can kill you. Yep. Yep. So the guy's, but when he's at the blood bank, he's definitely not visible in the mirror. Like Mulder looks in the room and there's nothing there. He like sees the thing the guy's standing in and there's no reflection. 
but then now there's a reflection. I know, I know, it's weird. I'm not sure if that was intentional or if that was like some kind of mistake. I don't know what. Yeah, because like he looks in the room, but then like he hears noise, which is why he goes in and like with his gun drawn because he knows someone in there, but he just can't see them. But like we see the scene in the blood bank and we see like all the racks. And then when he goes in, the guy is standing right in front of the racks. Yeah. So is it because he was drinking the blood and that's when he's in? I don't know. But yeah, kind of weird. Maybe a mess up. Yeah, it's hard to say. So then we see the sun rising over Los Angeles and Mulder's in a jail cell with this suspect and he's holding a roll of foil and Mulder tells him it would be easy to cover the windows. And if you tell me where the other two are, I'll do that. Otherwise, in a few hours, there's going to be no escaping the sun. But the man just kind of stays silent. And so Mulder leaves the cell and he tells the officer guarding it that if the man decides he wants to talk, go ahead and cover the windows and then call Mulder. And the officer asks like, what if he turns into a bat and flies through the bars? And Mulder's like, look, this man is clearly delusional, but he kind of gets the sense that like this guy doesn't believe his own bullshit either. So, which is kind of a weird thing to say, because then he says he's hoping the sunlight will give him an excuse to talk. And actually, yeah, which is the exact opposite of what he just said. So. Yeah, and I played it back actually to make sure I heard that right. And that is what he says. Yeah. And then the officer suggests that Mulder should go back to his hotel room and like get some sleep. And Mulder's like, I didn't check into a hotel. I don't sleep anymore. No, nope. I brought my coffin with me. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I love scruffy unhinged Mulder who can't sleep because Scully's missing and she's been gone for months and they don't know what happened. And so he's just not even trying to sleep anymore. And I'm like, thank you, Joe. This yeah. is what I want. At least in this scene, though, he is actually not that scruffy looking. He's not. not like not like he was at last episode. He was scruffy as yeah. Scruffy. But I mean, still, <laughs> he was scruffy as a nerve herder in the last episode. Yeah. So then, in the cell, the man is crouching in a corner and he's watching the sunlight on the floor get closer and closer, and he starts like like against the wall, almost mm-hmm. like a mime would do if there wasn't a wall there, like back and forth, back and forth along the wall, like he's trying to find like a secret lever left the door open or something and then finally he's pressed against the wall on his back the sunlight is touching the tips of his shoes and they start to smoke and then he starts screaming and the guard looks through the bars and he is like totally smoking and he calls for help and then he falls to the ground and his skin is all red and raw and he's like and he dies and then we have a commercial yeah so that escalated quickly. Although in most vampire media, vampires are pretty flammable. I don't know why, but they they tend to go up pretty quick. So that didn't didn't strike me as odd. Except for the fact that this man, you know, might not be a vampire. Mm-hmm. We don't know. So Mulder crouches over the body with a medical examiner. And the medical examiner says that the skull ruptured due to internal steam pressure. And the man's skin is charred. And then in other places, it's kind of red and raw. And the ME says these things are the results of exposure to high temperatures for a long period, not a 15-second sunburn. So he doesn't really know exactly what's going on. He does mention there's a condition called Gunter's disease, which I can't say the proper term Congenital erythropoietic prophyria. Okay. And it's a skin sensitivity to sunlight. And so Mulder's familiar with it, but he says that that causes like lesions and blisters when the sufferer is exposed to sunlight, not fourth degree burns. So like those people may have a hematological disorder and sometimes it can be eased to drinking small amounts of blood, but not the kind of bloodlust this guy had. And then Mulder says that he had dismissed the existence of such creatures as a myth, but maybe he was myth taken. 
Sorry, that's a, a Buffy reference for you Buffy fans out there. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah, Prophyria. Like a lot of people just call it Prophyria. Like I didn't actually know. I had to look because I wasn't sure what Gunter's disease was. And then Mulder talks about the congenital erythropoietic Prophyria, and he talks about Prophyria a lot. But like in the '90s, Prophyria was the big like. It was like, oh, that's probably what caused vampirism back in the day. People didn't understand this disease, right? Because mm-hmm. like when your skin is really sensitive to light, and, blah, 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 and like a lot of them have like hematological issues anemia that kind of stuff but because this is the x-files they had to get one thing wrong so Mulder says it was likely that the ignorance of prophyria as a disease is what led to the formation of vampire myths in asia in the middle ages and that would actually be europe not yeah. asia so because asian vampires are a whole nother kind of thing yeah yeah and it's also um, only one of the things that probably led to that and also the actual disease i think i read you don't actually have the urge to drink blood, but you no. have iron deficiencies, um, yeah. which I have, and I've never had the urge to drink blood for iron deficiency either. So. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things that was really popular, like in the 90s, and then people were like, ah, really? You're kind of just looking for things is what you're doing. You're just yeah, well, it's people like so. me who were in high school and were like, vampires are so cool. Maybe they're real. Look at this disease. Ha ha ha. Yeah. 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 I'm sure it's actually. But yeah, like you said, it's one of many fun. things because just like, you know, people didn't understand like how bodies like decomposed and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, so many yeah. things. Yeah. So then the ME says that Mulder's really upsetting him, which is kind of funny because like he just, he does, he gets really upset. And then Mulder's like, well, how long until we get the blood work back? And the guy says it'll take about a week. And then Mulder points to a piece of um, the dead man's skin on the back of his hand where there's like a purple splotch. And he asks what that is. And so the Emmy kind of bends down and looks at it. And it looks like a club stamp, like the kind you get when you go inside a club. And so the Emmy says it's possible the ink could have gotten burned into the deeper skin or something. So he like grabs a lamp and he's like, ooh, Emmy trick. <laughs> Mulder says something about being able to pull a quarter out of your ear or something. It's kind of a funny yeah. change. And then he shines the light right on the hand and he kind of, teases away some of the burned skin and you can read the stamp and it says club teps yeah which is crazy like you pull away burned skin and there's like fresh skin underneath almost like it's like makeup or something Who knows? <laughs> or he could be regenerating yes he could be he did say that only they could kill him so i'm thinking like y'all need to decapitate that body like right now like yeah. cut that head off get a stake in oh. its heart decapitate it and then throw it in a fire somewhere that's how you get rid of vampires yep yep everybody yep, knows that yep. if you don't kill a vampire well enough it will only come back and cause problems we have all learned this lesson 100 times yep. and then they'll go hang out at Cled tepish which is at 8115 hollywood boulevard and we see some cool sexy nosferatu looking dudes walking around and lots of goth stuff leather mm-hmm. and you know lots of piercings yeah. all that kind of stuff it's right very 90s goth yeah which makes sense because this is in 1990. <laughs> yes. And Mulder sees a relatively normal looking woman in a red blouse with a makeup compact that she's looking into. But then as Mulder walks by, she closes it and we see that it doesn't have a mirror in it. No mirror in the compact. And then she's like, are you going to ask me what a normal looking person is doing in a place like this? And Mulder's like, that depends on how you define normal. And then he sits down and she's like, Misha, two red wines. <laughs> <laughs> and then she whispers in here like i don't which means like she doesn't define normal right mm-hmm. and then she says like you've lost someone not a lover but a friend and then she pays for the wine with cash and when she's getting the money out of her purse Mulder sees that there's a syringe in the purse and then he holds up his wine glass because he's a smooth operator and he says he who drinks my blood and then she completes it with 
has eternal life. And then the woman says, like, you're afraid of me. I take the life of others into my own blood. And Mulder's like, I need to know. So she puts her hand on his and they get up and they walk through the crowd. Yeah, because they're the total two straights in the entire club. <laughs> so yeah, everyone else not... is in like gothy attire and he's like wearing a suit. Yeah, or, wearing, like... or basically cosplaying as like Nosferatu or something. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Everything from like casual hot topic goth to like, I'm a vampire cosplay. Yeah, with like bat wing collars and everything like total. Yeah. yeah. So Except Mulder and this woman who's wearing like a blouse. Like she came from the office. Yeah. And as they walk through the crowd, a man at the bar with messy long hair, who is also the man that we saw in the teaser. When we saw like a man in the shadows before the dude got attacked, he's the guy we saw. And he watches them as they walk away through the crowd. And then he bites his own hand, which mm-hmm. is also something that John did once they turned the lights off, like bit his own hand and kind of sucked his own blood. So. Kind of yeah. <laughs> recycling, I guess. I don't know. But anyway. And also, obviously, this club is named after Vlad Tepes, which is Vlad the Impaler, who obviously served as partial inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula. 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 Anyway, I don't know. I was thinking that. Dracula. I like saying Tepish. Yeah, is it Tepes, Tepes, Tepes? I've always, I've, I, more recently, I've heard Tepish because people are trying to say things in the proper, you mm-hmm. know language now instead of just americanizing or englishizing everything so yeah i've heard tepish i don't know what's right because i don't speak romanian so. yeah i don't either yeah. so then we see Mulder and Kristen, and they're in a dark corner and she pulls the syringe out of her purse and takes it out of the plastic wrapping because it's like a disposable syringe right so it's in a little like a bandage basically kind of thing like you pull it apart and there's a syringe and she says all day she deals with equity and bonds and nothing real this is her life and she pricks her finger with the hypodermic and i'm like you're using a hypodermic to prick your finger you're probably cheaper just to get like some diabetes things but anyway and blood beads up on it and she says her name is Kristen. it's a normal name and then she goes to put the finger to Mulder's lips but he grabs her hand and he's like AIDS? <laughs> and aren't you afraid? Because uh, it's the 90s, so yeah. AIDS, right? And so she laughs and like, I wish I could die. And then she takes her purse and she walks away. And Mulder's like, I messed that one up. And as he's watching her walk away, she approaches another man and they embrace. And then he sucks the blood from her finger because she offers it to him. And then they walk away. And so Mulder gets up and starts to follow them. And then again, we see the dude at the bar and he watches. We're not sure if he's watching Mulder or if he's watching Kristen and the guy walk away. He's watching someone. They both went in the same direction. We're not really sure. Yeah, it's not really clear. So then we're at eight. <laughs> so then we're at 8428 Melrose Avenue. I don't know why they have to give us exact addresses, but this episode is heavy on addresses. So it is. Yeah. So Mulder gets out of the car at a restaurant called Raw, and the sign has a giant sun and two Egyptian birds, and they're really colorful. And Mulder looks up at the sign, and he says, the father, the son. And he walks into an alley, and he climbs up on some crates to kind of look into the window into the restaurant. And he sees Kristen, and it looks like she's drinking blood from the man's chest. And then a car comes racing down the alley, and its headlights hit the window, and it spooks Kristen. And it's... 
this scene was kind of weird to me, but she like kind of runs. Mulder tries to chase after her. And then Mulder's running down the street and the man that Kristen was with hits Mulder and like knocks him over. And he's like, I don't know who you are, you creep, but we're two consenting adults. So you need to like get out of here. Yep. And then he messes Mulder up. He does. Yeah. He hits him pretty hard. Fox Mulder. Yeah. And so then inside the man goes back into the restaurant and he's calling for Kristen and he sees a woman in silhouette and like, it looks like the woman from the opening, which we'll talk about later. But he tells her, oh, don't worry. I took care of that guy. I told you I'd protect you. And then we see the man from the bar, like, flies at him from the side and attacks him. And then three people swarm him. And there are some chomping noises. And then he's screaming. Yep. And commercial. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, like, noises. Yeah. It was like, ooh, they're, like, like crunching bone or something. They're, like, down on him. Yeah. But importantly, there's three people. Yes. So, but we know that John is dead. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So Mulder's at the crime scene, which is basically like where he was, right? He's at the restaurant, which again, like it's w- my first thought when I saw they were going to Raw, I was like, well, Raw's the sun god. That's a weird place for vampires to hang out. But, yeah. Yeah. It's a little yeah. ironic. Yeah. So an officer tells him the killers cut the power supply and the phone, which is their normal MO for these kind of killings which I guess must have happened at the house too, but we didn't talk about that. So Mulder is introduced to Dr. Jacobs, a forensic dentist, who I think actually Mulder requested. Yes. So, And Mulder tells him, like, I don't want to bias your report, but let me know if you find anything <laughs> unnatural. Like, yeah, no bias. That's cool. <laughs> and then meanwhile, Mulder's got a flashlight and he's got gloves again. He's very glovey. I don't think Mulder is not wearing gloves when he's not doing touchy stuff at all in this episode. So very good. And he sees under the stove that there's like a broken mirror. But then also he sees that compact with no mirror that Kristen had. And he also finds puddles of raspberry sauce on a shelf that's dripping from a can. And then Carver hands Mulder a baggie with a pair of panties in it. And then he also mentions like, oh, I put that stuff on my ice cream. (laughs) Um, And we figure now what's going on is that she was probably drinking raspberry sauce from the dude. not. They were like, they were like playing at vampire right but the jug itself has like red fingerprints all over it and so Mulder's like one of these should be the victims and the other one should be the woman that we're looking for yeah i mean if you've ever opened like a that a can of that kind of stuff like it gets everywhere and it is very red and sticky so i can definitely see it having like yeah good it's the big it's the yeah it's the restaurant style cans like you would get like from cisco or something yeah it's it's a big it's a big can yeah and then dr jacobs is bent over the body and he's studying the bite marks and he says the bite is human, and I just want to say, this is like a cursory examination, but it looks like these were made by three different people. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. three people. Also, I do have to say, like, forensics corner here with Nick, the blood that's on the body, like, he's, because the dude's laying, he, he's shirtless, he had taken his shirt off, right? And so he doesn't have his shirt on. When he's looking for Kristen, he, like, removes his shirt, and we see he's got, like, some skull tattoos on his chest, and he's got, like, we're assuming the raspberry sauce on his chest also. And but there's like blood dripping down his back as he's laying on the ground, which would not be dripping down his back if he had been attacked on the ground. It would be running down. So it's obviously like they put the blood on him when he was sitting in a chair and then it ran down his back and then they had him lay on the ground. But that's just, you know, hey, forensics. What can I say? (laughs) Anyway, So then Mulder is studying a printout of Kristen's driver's license and her name is Kristen Kalar. Her previous addresses were Portland, Oregon, where the last series of murders happened, and Memphis, Tennessee, where the first series happened. And then Mulder, like, 
you know, he already said father, son at the restaurant. And now he's like the unholy spirit. Yeah. As someone who had a California driver's license in 1994 and had to check IDs as part of the job, that is the fakest looking ID I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. The Portland address is a real address, though. Nice. It's missing the intermediate direction, like the southwest, northeast kind of thing. And it's technically in Beaverton. And the zip code is off by a number. The zip code they use is actually in Tigard, which is a little bit further south. The Malibu address that's on her California driver's license is also real, though technically it's not in Malibu, but it's really close. The zip code is in North Hollywood, though. So they're kind of like mix and matching kind of stuff here. And then I'm pretty sure when he's flipping through the Portland Police Department crime file, which would not be the Portland Police Department because they're the Portland Police Bureau. If you've listened to any news this summer, you probably know that. But underneath it, there's a like a like a crime scene photo, and I'm pretty sure the the, per, the dead person is Chris Carter, like blood <laughs> on their face. I'm pretty sure it's Chris Carter. I could be wrong. I mean, nice. it could be uh, the guy who plays Richard Matheson because he looks a lot like Chris Carter, honestly. He does. But I'm pretty sure it's Chris Carter. Although and then Chris I didn't Carter, look up the... when he was younger, did not have the white hair as much yet. So okay, yeah. Well, this one does have the white hair, so and it's kind of shorter. And then you see pictures of Chris Carter and sometimes his hair is like crazy long. Like he's got like a big, like white fro almost. It's like mm-hmm. really big and poofy and sometimes it's closer cut. So it looks like Chris Carter. I can't say for sure. I'm not <laughs> like, you know, if he commits a crime, I'm not going to really be able to point him out in a lineup, but I didn't look up the Memphis address because I've never lived in Memphis and Elvis was not answering my text messages. So I couldn't get any information on that address. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, Elvis just stopped, like, he stopped replying. I don't know what I said, but he's just, yeah, it's, uh, sad. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> so then we're at 1533 Malibu Canyon, which we know from her driver's license is Kristen's address. Mm-hmm. And the police and Mulder arrive. And a team goes around back, and then Mulder and a couple officers go in the front. And they do knock, and they announce themselves that, and that they have a warrant. But no one answers. And so inside, Mulder does put on gloves. Like you said, he's being good about it. She's got a super nice house, by the way. I guess being, she works in equity and bonds and stuff. So she's obviously got money. And she moves from like city to city. So yeah. she's got bank. Yeah, it's a really nice house, though. And Carver finds a box of veterinary needles. And so they're basically the ones that we saw in her purse. And there's also a thing from a snake bite kit that's usually used to extract poison. But this one has blood in it. And then Mulder kind of checks the fridge, nothing in there. And then he opens the oven and he finds some kind of pastry and it's like a loaf of bread. And he kind of digs in the bread and inside it's filled with like a dark red gloopy filling that might be raspberry filled with raspberry filling. Yummy raspberry bread. Didn't look like raspberry. No, it also did not look like it had been cooked all the way because it's all gross and liquidy. yeah. Yeah. And so he closes the oven and then he says, she's gone. She's not coming back. Yeah. And he's very like, like when he, even when he sees it, he like looks around to make sure that they don't notice that he's looking into it. So he doesn't want them to know about this bread at all. Right. Which is so there's something going on with this bread. It's super gross too. Maybe it's super delicious and it's his favorite bread. <laughs> and he's going to keep it for himself and he's going to take it and eat it. He loves raspberry bread. Yeah. Again, doesn't look like raspberry to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That is, and all, just because we talked about it, like that's obviously not the actual building that is at. 1533 Malibu Canyon. Right. I kind of suspect that maybe they mix and match the zip codes a little because they're trying to not give a real address. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a different city too. I mean, like it's really close though. It's a very like a suburb maybe or something like that. Um, It's actually the house of a super famous hockey player. Oh yeah. um, In in Vancouver. So yeah. That's why it's so nice. Yeah. 
So then it is 2.15 a.m. And Kristen is coming home from a late night clubbing at Clid Tepish, probably. And Mulder's just sitting at her table. He's in her house. That's cool. And he flashes his badge. and like, FBI. And he's like, they're after you. And she's like, how do you know? And he's like, in Eastern European countries, you can protect yourself by eating bread filled with blood. So you're using that as a protection device. So I know you're not the killer. And we need to get you in protective custody because they're going to come after you. And she's like, well, why are you here alone? And she's like, you need to know what you think they are. Like, you're trying to find out the truth. And he thinks that she's one of them. And, and then she asks him if he's ever tasted blood. And he nods, but she's like, you haven't. It tastes dangerous and sweet. <laughs> yeah. So Mulder says that she was in Portland and in Memphis when the other murders occurred. And he wants to know how she's connected. Because he knows she is connected, but he doesn't think she's one of the killers. And then she tells us this story about how when she was a little kid, her father used to beat her. And one night he knocked out two of her teeth and locked her in her room. And then blood like poured from her mouth onto the floor and down her throat. And that was the only way she knew she was alive, which is a really, it's a very traumatic story. (laughs) And she then says she met John in Chicago and she's like, you know him as the son. And so this is the guy that we saw in the jail cell, presumably. And John also beat her. So he's a real stand-up dude. And one time he hit her and he cut her lip open. And so she was so angry that she bit his lip and then they kissed and they got really into the blood and start, you know, doing blood things with sexy times. And that was sort of their thing, I guess. Which, you know, no shade. They got the blood kink going on. Yep. Yep. And then she lost him because she says that one night he came home with two others and he'd been turned into something unnatural. So she kind of fled and moved to Memphis. But then these three people followed her and she's tired of running. And then she kind of reaches over and she touches Scully's cross that Mulder's wearing. And he says it's from someone that he lost. And then he tells her that John is dead, but that this group of people has picked up another and there are three of them again. And Kristen's like, well, without John, they're not going to come for me because he's the one who wants me. The others, you don't really care. And he still thinks they should put her in protective custody, but she doesn't want to go. So Mulder's like, well, if you're not going to go with me, I'll stay here. And also he hasn't gotten a hotel room. So maybe this is just his like ploy to have somewhere to stay. I don't know. Anyway. um, But then she's like, he has a really bad five o'clock shadow in this scene. And so she's like, you need to get cleaned up. Yeah. I, so I was half hoping and half dreading that she was going to be like a vampire hunter. Oh, yeah. Why were you dreading that? Just because I was going to be like, they're going to ruin it if they did it. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> they're going to make it be awful and not good. And that's why I was like, they're going to ruin it. So That would have uh, been cool, though. It would have been interesting. Yeah. So then Mulder's in the bathroom and he's trying to shave. And he's not doing that great of a job (laughs) and because there's no mirrors apparently in the house anywhere and she's like i don't like the way i look in them and so he's like well it makes shaving really hard she's like i'll do it so she like gets in front of him and like sits up on the sink and takes his razor and just starts shaving his face for him and then she like maybe accidentally maybe intentionally but she like cuts him like right under the jawline a little bit and then she like touches the blood with her finger and then she's gonna like slurp it and he's like grabs her hand he's like this is not who you are this doesn't make you happy and then they just like just start (laughs) 
eating each other's faces basically it's like kissing 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 and like and then like you know like they're going down like onto a bed or something yeah it and then fades out some, yeah and then we see but while it fades out we see someone looking through a window and it looks a lot like john um i'm thinking they didn't decapitate him nope so See, yeah, you got to be real thorough with those vampire killings, guys. It doesn't work, yep. if you and leave then them. it's commercial, right? So we see John and commercial, and you're like, "Oh shit, vampire <laughs> dude is alive." Okay, yeah, yeah, and he's watching them have fun times. I guess. I guess so. <laughs> it's yeah. creepy. Anyway, so David Duchovny actually said of this episode that he thinks it has a lot of style, but it just has huge gaps in logic. And one of the things he said was like why did I let her shave me for God's sakes? And I mean, I agree. Like if you're in a place with possible vampires or a possible vampire or I don't know, I just, I wouldn't let someone get a razor near my neck in any way. I feel like that's not a great decision. Yeah. I mean, X-Files with characters lacking like logical actions. What? How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Oh dear. <laughs> and also like, I, I'm confused why she has no mirrors in her house because like, it's so it's so back and forth because she's like she's not one of them she's you know being chased by them but then she's also like trying to drink blood and doesn't have mirrors so like she, she wants doesn't to like the way she looks in them she told you yeah but no mirrors in your bathroom come she's on that bad body image and so she just you know yeah it's a little it's like going mirrors. a little far so then it's five forty seven a.m. and Kristen is walking through the hall of her house and John grabs her and. He says he was watching, but he had to wait until she was finished. And then he's like, it's true. You can live forever. Everyone else dies, but we come back. And like, he tells her that we live in different worlds and no one can end my life. And you can't kill me, but I can kill you. And then he's like, he tells her he loves her and that how they treated her was wrong and he'll atone for eternity, basically. And then he tells her that she has to kill Mulder. And then he hands her a knife. So yeah, he's basically doing like the domestic abuse, like, I'm sorry, baby, but now we can live together for eternity and I'll atone for all the wrong I did you. Yeah. So, yeah. So Kristen walks into the bedroom with a knife and it's kind of, it looks like maybe she's going to stab him, but then instead she wakes him up and she tells Mulder he has to go. She's like, it's the fire. It's getting close. So we have to leave. And he mentions his car's parked down the hill and she's like, mine's in the garage. The keys are inside. And so Mulder's like, okay, well, you have to get your stuff. And she's like, I'll be right there. And then she raises the knife and like, he's got his back to her and it looks like she's going to stab Mulder. But actually there's another guy in the shadows and she stabs him several times. And it's like the guy from the bar, I think the father did. Yeah. I'm guessing he's the father because yeah. we haven't met. Yeah. And so he slumps on the ground and she tells Mulder he's not dead and John's alive. She saw John. So Mulder pulls out his gun and they head down the hall. And John jumps out at him and Mulder punches him and they kind of scuffle on the ground. And then Mulder sweeps his leg and gets him down on the floor and he ties his hands with like a cord. And then he ties him to a pillar in front of the window. And you wrote for a nice view of the sunrise, which is... Yeah, nice view of the sunrise because yeah. that's what he does. He ties him right in front of the window. Yep. Like, well, yeah. he, knows how to, he knows how to deal with vampires. And then he grabs... He also is all Cobra Kai sweeping the leg. Yeah, it was, it was a good move actually. Yeah. So he grabs Kristen and they head to the garage and Mulder gets in the driver's seat and he tries to pull out and this woman jumps on the hood and she smashes the sunroof and she pulls Mulder out onto the hood. And so Kristen, who's in the passenger seat, she like jumps over to the driver's seat and she gets the car in gear and, you know, manages to roll backwards. And so they both roll off the hood and then the woman like stands up 
And she says something in a foreign language, which is apparently I will live forever in Transylvanian. Yeah, it has like a weird sound effect, like echo kind of thing too, when she says it like she's supposed to be like demonic or something. Yeah. And then Kristen rams the car into her and like her body slams against the garage wall and there's like this smear of blood and she like falls down. Yeah, because there's these like wooden posts sticking out like to hang like implements of destruction. There's like hedge clippers and pitchforks and all this kind of stuff hanging on the wall. And one of them doesn't have something on it. And then we see it, like we show it before the car thing. And then she hits her and then we see it's missing and there's blood on the wall and we see like wet bloody hair sliding down. So I'm thinking yeah. like she got like impaled in the head or something when she got hit with the car. Yeah. Yeah. All, Mulder was like getting ready to back out. The garage door wasn't up. I know. They didn't even open it. Was he just going to like bust through? I mean, I guess maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then Kristen tells Mulder that she won't leave without John. So Mulder's like, all right, I'll go get him. So he like runs in, he grabs his gun and he's like starting to untie John and John's like trying to bite his kneecap and stuff. (laughs) And then Mulder hears the car like tear off. And so he like leaves John and he runs outside and he sees the garage is empty. And so he runs down like the driveway and then the car is like kind of off on the road and the door's open, but she is not in it. She's gone. Weirdness. Yeah, it's weird. So, yeah, it is kind of weird because it's dark and then they're rushing to the garage. And then when he gets out to look at the garage, it is really light out. And like, I know it was the sun was coming up, but it's a pretty quick. Pretty yeah, well, quick I mean, transition. we know like the sun is Loki in the next files. It does what it wants. It's so. true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So inside the house, Kristen pours gasoline around the woman's body and then around John. And John is still awake. Like the woman's unconscious. So she does that in the garage. She goes inside and John's like, we're going to rise up. You can't kill us. And then he tells her, you're not one of us. And she's like, I will be. And then she reaches back to the wound on the back of her head and her hand gets smeared with blood. And she mentions that she's tasted the blood of a believer, which I guess was Mulder. Or hers. Or I think hers, maybe. Okay. Yeah. And well, apparently it's really easy to become a vampire. Yeah. That, that makes it real simple. You just got to believe and drink your blood. But also you have to take a life because that's what John tells her. He's like, you haven't taken a life yet. So you're mm-hmm. not going to turn. And she lights a match and she says, I'll take mine. And she drops the match and John screams. And then from Mulder's perspective down by the car, we see the house just like explode. Yeah. I mean, I know jokes about like gasoline explosions in TV and movies, but like seriously, like she, she poured gasoline in a couple rooms and in the garage and the house explodes. Maybe she turned on the gas too. And we just didn't see that. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty, it's a pretty, disproportionate explosion from yeah and as we're going to see in the next scene that house blew up because there's no bits of it left which makes sense because you'd have to like get that in the prop department but yeah they're just like digging around like dirt and grass and stuff and Mulder's sitting on a grass hill there's a bunch of firemen with shovels and they're like maybe sifting through wreckage i don't know but there's like no wreckage it's just dirt and grass and whatever and fireman comes over and he tells them they found four bodies in the home all dead and Mulder's like, remains? And he's like, just ashes. The fire was super hot. Nice trope, right? The fire super hot. So they were all cremated. Just ashes and bones, Fireman says. And Mulder's like, oh, lost another girlfriend. Damn it. <laughs> and he's looking at Scully's cross. And <laughs> it's over. Yeah. 
poor Mulder. He found a new <laughs> girlfriend, and now that one's gone too. I don't know. I don't know if one one night counts as girlfriend. That's pretty quick. Well, that's how it starts. You, you got to start from somewhere. It's true. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Also, y'all better disarticulate them bones and separate them. Just saying. Cause... Yeah. Although once vampires are in the bony, ashy stage, I feel like it's very unlikely for them to come I back. don't know. If you've seen The House of Frankenstein, there's a traveling guy, and he's got the corpse of Dracula. And it's not actually the corpse of Dracula. It's the skeleton of Dracula, and it's got a stake in the skeleton. And then the mad scientist removes the stake, and Dracula comes back to life. <laughs> it causes all kinds of havoc. So... That would be yeah. convenient. Suitcase vampire. Yeah, so it's like Wolverine. Like, all you need is, like, you know, can regenerate. Vampires are just mutants, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yup, yup, yup. I was really confused in the first part of this episode. I had to go back because I, like, I watched it and I read your note. There's a lot of stuff that's happening in the first part of this episode. Uh-huh. Because like, they just run through, like, a lot of information. Yes. And just jump through like a bunch of stuff with like Mulder reciting all the old cases. And then he's like calling blood banks and pretending to be somebody. And then we don't know what the hell is going on at the blood bank. Right. With like the one dude with the light bulbs and the other guy sucking the blood. And like, who's the night watchman? What's his name? Like just all like super confusing. That first like commercial break section was there was a lot going on it was kind of confusing and then yeah. we had in the fact that the teaser was even more confusing when you finish the episode and we're like wait a minute then like that's even like that's the part that seems straightforward and that was probably even maybe the most confusing part afterwards so yeah it was like yeah it was just the whole episode was very there was too much and then it was very much like wait what is going on what's happening why is he in her house waiting for her why does he Oh, because some European legend, he thinks that she's trying to ward off evil, but it's just, yeah, the whole thing is is very weird. Yeah. And it's a lot. We deserved better. Yep. (laughs) So the actress who plays Kristen is Perry Reeves, who was Duchovny's girlfriend at the time. Yeah. The irony is that they are, like, in a relationship, and they have, like, this is, like, Mulder and Phoebe level, like, zero chemistry. I know, I know. (laughs) Oh my goodness. There's nothing. Also, it's just so it's so weird. Like I I have no problem with, you know, you're adults, you do what you want to do, but it's just like such a weird situation. I don't know. The whole thing is just really weird. Cause like Mulder has no idea who she is. Like he believes she's the victim of these people, but like he doesn't know for sure she's not involved in the murders. I don't know. It just seems weird to get all cozy with her. Yeah, well, you know, he's not in a maybe a good state of mind right? that's true he's not he's seeking he's seeking comfort because yes. he has suffered loss yes that is true and of course jillian anderson is absent from this episode and is the only one she missed due to this pregnancy and being a new mom so super belated congratulations jillian i guess it's been a very long time yeah i mean lots of people <laughs> get pregnant and have kids so yeah whatever okay yeah um, it's pretty cool though that know. she only managed i honestly didn't one miss episode. her from this episode and was fine with her being gone but, yeah, well, I mean, she wasn't needed um, in this one. This was a very Mulder solo mission. Yeah. Like, no one else was in this episode. Not Skinner, I could see no more one. episodes like this, but maybe that's just me. Maybe just because, like, I'm still I'm still burning some <sighs> from last episode. Oh. So, yeah. yeah. 
And one of the things, so I was reading IMDb and then I also looked on Tumblr and I just saw a couple fan reactions to this episode. And there are a lot of people who are really angry that Mulder slept with someone while Scully's missing. And like, on one hand, I totally get that. Like, if you're into the ship, then, you know, she's missing, he's upset. Like, I could see why that would not be happy for you. But I also think, like, at this point, they're only friends still. Like, they haven't actually crossed that line. They love each other. I mean, maybe. But they don't. Yeah, but also they play it both ways in this episode. Because, like, we're assuming they have sex. But we don't see it. And then, like, when she wakes up Mulder, he is asleep in the chair fully dressed. Yeah. So they're playing it both ways. Like, oh, they had sex. No, they did not have sex. They just kissed, right? And then fell asleep. Right. So, so we don't really even know. But yeah, I do know, like, so I've been to a couple um, conventions and I think I was at a romance writing convention and they did talk about how, like, one of the things, like, in a romance novel that you're advised not to do and you can do it and there are ways to make it work, but generally you don't want the hero, once the book starts, to sleep with any other women. Like, he can have a relationship that's not working and he doesn't have to be like a virgin but like once the story starts you kind of don't want him to have that kind of investment in anyone else because like it does upset readers <laughs> even if they're not together yet and so i could see that upsetting people like with Mulder. like maybe they're not to- i mean i think they do have a very strong connection and it might be love but i don't think they've admitted that to themselves yet in any way so and I can also see Mulder. He's, you know, Scully's been missing for months now. He has no idea if she's dead or alive. He has no idea if he'll ever see her again. Meets this hot woman in a bar and it's like, hey. Although it's a little unprofessional given that he's trying to protect her from vampire murderers. But, you know, you do what you got to do. Yeah, there is. We kind of glazed over it a little bit. I, we kind of mentioned it. But so because last episode, like Scully's abduction is in August, right? Yes. And we talked about the dates being kind of screwed up in that, but you know, in in the, the like the first third of August, basically, maybe like the middle, depending on you know what dates you want to use, kind of thing. Mulder, it's double weirdness because I just thought about this part too. So in that episode, Skinner is like, "We're reopening the X Files. Let's do it." Mulder changes his calendar to November, so it's been September, October at least right we don't know when in november it is but he changes his calendar to november so it's been like at least like two and a half months Mm -hmm. since both scully was abducted and since the x-files are reopened and yet Mulder's just barely going back to his office and taking all the plastic off and putting scully's file away which he obviously has had since august yeah I'm going to go with bureaucratic red tape. It just took two months, but just to explain it away. But yeah, that is a little weird because it's like, yeah. But also, yeah, it's been two months. So he doesn't even know. Like he has no idea if he'll ever see Scully again at this point. I mean, after two months, woof, that's a long time. Yeah. I mean, he's been waiting 20 years for Sam. Yeah, that's true. It's not like Mulder's ever going to give up. We know he doesn't. He's tenacious. Tenacious F. <laughs> tenacious Fox. Tenacious FM. Oh, that sounds like a, that actually sounds kind of good. Tenacious FM. <laughs> like a crazy radio channel or something. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about that teaser. Yeah. So we had, we were talking about this before we started recording. We're like, wait, we need to talk about this like in the episode. Yeah. Because we know that Kristen is in at least one of these murders, Kristen is, we know that she's involved with 
the person being killed like in the, in the restaurant right the one who's like the son killing right because the first one we see in the teaser is obviously the father killing and then the second one is the son killing and she's with that dude they leave it's her who's like rick licking raspberry sauce off of his chest mm-hmm. but then she apparently fled and the other woman who is the unholy spirit right she is the one who is in the doorway and then they all swarm him right in the teaser, the dude is talking to the woman he met at the corporate meeting, the corporate party, which would make sense with Kristen because she's like a stock and bond equity kind of person, right? So you wouldn't probably meet someone in that kind of corporate meeting. And the person talks, and it's a normal voice. I did not go back and see, you know, we've talked about like matching voices. I didn't actually go back to see if the voice was Kristen's. It Obviously, at least the only time we hear the unholy spirit talk, it wasn't that voice because it wasn't all like (laughs) kind of thing. Right. So um, like what's going on? But then like the the woman who bites him in the hot tub is like full on, like going for his throat and her mouth is full of blood and then leaps on him when the other two dudes come out of the side and also leap on him. So that's obviously the killer lady. Yes. Like they swap out. Was he always with the killer lady and never with Kristen? Yeah, it's really not clear. But and then it's... if so, she talks normal, which I guess maybe you would have to talk normal at some point, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe she only uses demon voice when she's like, demon-y? I don't know. Yeah, it's confusing. And I also thought it was confusing that like Kristen is like, so she's not one of them. We learn she's not one of them. We learn they're stalking her because like this abusive horrible boyfriend who happens to be a vampire now maybe sort of maybe she's like amy gertz in the lost boys you know it's funny i have never seen the lost boys what i know that's one of those movies that everyone would assume you haven't seen the lost boys no, you for, haven't seen and i knew Blade it was Runner. i knew it was vampires but i just for whatever reason i've never seen that movie I think because it came out when I was too young and then I just never got around to watching it. It's one of those things I have to watch. Okay. And it, it will happen. I don't know if it'll happen on my upcoming vampire podcast or Ooh, as a special here. vampire podcast. Um, or okay. if that happens, um, I don't know. But I do need to watch it because I've Stay never tuned. I've never seen it. So that's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know what that means. Oh have you listened uh, to the soundtrack at least i'm sure i've heard songs from the soundtrack i think they get thrown on playlists for vampire stuff all the time so i'm sure i've heard okay. like songs but okay. yeah but it's just weird because she's like being stalked by these people so clearly like and they, they could be killing people she's involved with which would make sense like and part of why she's fleeing or she a scout yeah, but that's the other thing. Like, she doesn't have any mirrors in her house, which to me is just like, it's, I understand. I don't have like a big dressing mirror or anything either, but like, I still have a mirror in my bathroom. Like, that's kind of a weird thing to like not have. Well, maybe it's so when they come over to visit, they don't feel weird. Well, that's what I mean. Like, but is she friends with them because they're stalking her? Yeah, I don't but know. But then she is playing kind of being a vampire because when she's in the club, She's talking to Mulder like she is, and she mentions drinking blood and how she can't die and all this other stuff. So is that just, like, playtime for her? Is that something that, you know, she does? Like, she goes to the bar and plays vampire, which a lot of those people at the bar are probably doing the exact same thing, so she's in the right crowd. Uh, It's just weird, because it's just very, like, again, like, there's just, like, these gaps where it's, like, not clear 
exactly what we're even supposed to think. Yeah. And in the restaurant scene, even though it's silhouette, when the guy was like, you know, he thinks he's found Kristen, but we see the woman in the silhouette, right? It's pretty evident that that's not Kristen. Right. The hair is different. And so you're like, okay, something's going on here. But then that makes the teaser. That's where the teaser like doesn't make sense now. Especially when the the woman talks later and she's all, you know, Linda Blair. And you're like, (laughs) whoa. And so what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. So anyway, uh, yeah, this episode was a little strange. Had some points that were just not, I didn't quite follow what they were trying to do with it, I guess. Finally get vampires. I know. With a name that's like, okay, I get it. Three, right? But you had a really good name couple episodes ago <laughs> vampires and you didn't use it and yeah so i will say i do i do like the vampire lore of, of what we get which by the way isn't a lot but we do get that like i do like the sun actually does like burn this guy up and that's weird like it's definitely a thing where like something's going yeah, we on also so this is another thing that comes up in the book by paul terry that there is a note that they find out later the Emmy reports that John's body is missing from the morgue. Okay. Well, that, that never sense. does come up. But again, that never comes up in the episode. Yeah. Well, cause I guess they want to have it be a surprise when he jumps out and is still alive, but like, which is fine. Yeah. It's fine. Mulder's not exactly playing by the book and he's not communicating with the cops. Cause he's just sitting in this woman's house waiting for her to come back. So I can see him not knowing that, but it's just very like, yeah, I mean, we know I have a penchant for TV movies. I think this would have been better if it would have been longer. Like yeah, more time. I think that's it. I think it just had too much going on. Or, if it had, or maybe if it had been a two-parter, right? Maybe they could have made it a two-parter. Yeah. Which would be about TV movie length, because TV movies are usually basically like two hours with commercials, right? So it would be like two episodes. So Be about 90 minutes, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So it was okay. I liked that we didn't get like... Like you had talked about before you watched the episode, you were asking if it was real vampires or not. And like, I like that we didn't get the whole, it's a human doing vampire murders. Like there's definitely something supernatural about these people. Cause like John burns and then comes back. So there is something there. And I like that, that they didn't do the whole, Oh, it's just a killer with a needle. <laughs> yeah. Cause we talked, this was after we recorded the last episode, we were talking about this episode and you had already seen it. I hadn't seen it. And I was like, well, don't tell me I, I want to know. Right. And then I was talking about like, I wonder, because in my head and I've been trying to think about it, I remember seeing something when I was young and I think it was either like a Hardy Boys special Halloween episode with Parker Stevenson and John Cassidy about like going to Dracula's castle. Or it was the BJ and the Bear episode with Foster Brooks where he's like transporting coffins. But anyway, like there's a vampiric murder and it turns out that it's actually just someone like with, you know, syringes putting dual marks in there and that's something that's actually used a lot it yeah is undoubtedly elsewhere um we talked about it in eve a little bit so and police procedurals tend to pull that where it's like a vampiric murder yeah. but then it's not like real vampires it's just someone making it look like vampires or pretending to be vampires there's an episode of psych about that actually that's awesome but yeah it's okay. that's what i was thinking of yesterday when you mentioned it i think it was the psych episode but yeah, so it's the common trope. And so I was kind of glad that they did go the more supernaturally route with the vampires. We don't get a lot of like, it is kind of a weird little trilogy, like the trio thing is kind of weird. And the whole, I don't know. It's not super clear, but we got it's a little kind bit. of, it's kind of mishmashy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, 
that that's not the first time this has happened in the X Files. So and they do only have forty five minutes to go through all the stuff. So like you said, if it had been longer, maybe it would have worked better. But which maybe not. Honestly, after thirty one episodes, maybe you'd realize you only have forty five minutes. And you should maybe <laughs> think about the stories you're writing. Well, but, they're getting ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that time. Oh no! Oh no! so ratings are hard so i do i'm like vampires yay but then also this episode is not my favorite i thought it was good in parts like it was interesting and i was like what's going on but then it was just i felt like it was more confusing towards the end and also i was just like uh, i mean i can see Mulder kind of going i like Mulder off the rails don't get me wrong i think that's great he's doing some crazy things he's making some poor decisions his judgment is a little questionable. That's fine. That's fine. But overall, I feel like this episode is only like a four. Okay. Which is hard because like that's my lowest rating so far this season. And I feel bad, but I just don't think it's that solid. Okay. Four. All right. So hmm, where do I go? Where do I go with my rating? I actually really hadn't even thought about what I'm going to rate it because I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know what this is going to be. Thinking like six or five and then I was like, but it's not It's not really that good. I was just trying to give it points for having vampires and I was like, oh. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because you gave blood a five and so you're going a little bit lower than blood. Yeah. Um, hmm. Let me see. So I gave Little Grin Man a four. I gave blood a four. I gave Sleepless a four. I gave Ascension a four. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to go with a four. All right. I, I, can't, I can't rate it higher than blood. Um, but the going lower seems like too much. Especially since I gave Ascension a four. It seems kind of equitable in that, I think. It's... Uh, yeah, four is going to be a weird one for me because I think blood has more potential than this. Well, this one has, I mean, the definition of potential. It has potential, right? Mm -hmm. Because you could go, you could do a lot better with it. But it doesn't have as many interesting ideas to pull from as blood does. So it's like a different kind of level of four, I think. So four is maybe going to be my, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, no, I agree. It's got good potential and like, there are some interesting things, but then it just kind of goes off. I mean, I guess else. like like I said with Blood, which is its its sister mate in two ways, because the title is perfect for this episode. Also, Blood was episode three, and this one is episode seven, <laughs> and its title is three. So they're kind of linked, <laughs> right? But all but like Blood, it's like, well, maybe you needed more time. You needed to be like a two-parter or you needed to be, I mean, they wouldn't make a TV movie, right? So two-parter is the way you'd have to go for me to do that. So maybe it should have been a two-parter. Maybe 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 season two should have been like the two-face season, right? And just like everything is number twos. Everything is like <laughs> two-part episodes and yeah. So. Yeah. But hey, we got vampires. So I guess I there's know, that. Man, like we deserve so much more. <laughs> I think. I think we deserve so much more i do find it interesting they went to la for yeah. this for the vampires because la is so i don't remember i think that in forever night do they play it as a toronto city or do they play it as a fictional city or where do they play it i as think it takes forever place night? in toronto okay 
Okay, because I think it was it was filmed in Vancouver, right? But they say it's in. I Toronto. think it's supposed to be Toronto. It's been a long time because okay. I've seen it, so don't hold me. Well, to that, because the that's the case. The TV movie with Rick Springfield that the show they took that after after it was a failed pilot TV movie, and then they bought the rights to it and they made it. But the TV movie, which is basically the pilot for a Forever Night, actually takes place in LA. Okay. So. Yeah, which doesn't seem that was like... a long way to get to that point, but that's how I roll. Doesn't seem like so. a vampire city. Angel takes place in L.A. too, but that's because he moves south from Sunnydale, which is a fake city. Well, because you have all the weirdos in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. So it's easy to blend in because people won't think you're behaving strangely because <laughs> you're in L.A. Yeah, where everybody pretends to be something they're not. True, right? it's true. So, yeah. Yeah, that actually, you know, it works for Angel, too. That shows, I really liked that show. Working on my elevator so. pitches for some ideas. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Los Angeles, vampires, Fox Mulder. It is what it is. <laughs> yep. It was what it was. It was. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Hashtag really just a bedroom closet. Episode production, design, and editing is by Lazian Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz, and the truth is what we make of it by the. Wait for it. Agrarians. <laughs> you can find us at IWantToRewatch.com or wherever podcasts are found. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and you can always share this podcast with a friend. If they like the X Files, we'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we rewatch season two of The X Files, episode eight. One breath. And try to figure out if the, the truth, truth is still, still out there. The truth is what we make of it. files theme song yep which does return to the truth is nowhere at the end truth the, is truth out is no, the truth is nowhere <laughs> the truth is nowhere nowhere to be found life is endless the truth is nowhere it's hopeless give up give up Mulder. <laughs> give up yeah poor scruffy Mulder. the truth is nowhere <laughs> <laughs>